You're listening to The Onside Podcast, a podcast for innovation-driven entrepreneurship here in Atlantic Canada. I'm your host, Alex McCann, and the theme this month is around leadership philosophy. Our guest today is Marlon Thompson, an angel investor and startup founder who has spent several years creating pathways to success for underrepresented leaders in the startup ecosystem. He founded Future Capital to support ambitious, driven, and diverse leaders who are ready to play a bigger role in their industries. He believes now to be the crucial time to create lasting change by enabling and equipping a new cohort of investors, minorities, women, and LGBTQ with the necessary tools to bolster economic empowerment. Marlon, thanks so much for joining us and uh, welcome back to the Onside Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, we had a chance to talk with you earlier in the season, and our topic for today is around leadership philosophy, uh, which I think is a super important conversation to be had because there's just so much is going on. The world that we live in is changing rapidly, whether it's COVID or the technologies that we are using. In your world around venture capital, so many things are, are shifting there and people's focus. So I think it's a really timely conversation that we're talking about leaders and, and how leaders drive that change. So maybe we can kind of start off a little bit around what's your purpose and mission and your leading future capital, like what drives you there? Yeah, I love talking about leadership. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, this is really a fun topic for me. So the mission of Future Capital actually overlaps with my own kind of personal philosophy with leadership, but it's mm-hmm. really about enabling a new cohort of professionals and, and leaders to put their thumb on the scale mm-hmm. <laughs> in business and, and um, really kind of uh, lead in, in a new way and in a really meaningful way. And I think when I think about you know what it means for me and what my mission is, mm-hmm. it's really about seeing the potential in other people and, and helping them to actualize that. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I think there's, there's a huge like collaborative streak to how I've approached leadership mm-hmm. in the past, but I think, you know, in a nutshell, it's really about that. And with your, with your mission at future capital around educating folks, you know, around venture capital and other investment vehicles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you've got a great team. I've had the chance in the past to work with some of your awesome colleagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I know you got to have a great team and you're, you're trying to do new things, build a future capital as well as push on with trying to create space for others to come into this conversation around investment and wealth generation and some of the barriers that have been in there in the past. How do you mobilize your team or well, like how do you work with your team to motivate them to pursue this mission? Is it something that's like in the culture of your work or you just have an awesome team and everybody like lines up and just does everything the way you want? Or like, how do you influence your team to pursue your mission? So, yeah, I think I think it really does begin at selection and Mm -hmm. finding the right people for the right role at the right time. And Mm -hmm. so I think all of those things really matter because there's like raw talent and there's like 
skill set, but there's also certain stages of the business that don't necessarily match everyone's lifestyle or their their personality. Mm. So I think you have to be really very realistic about that stuff. But I think, like I said, I'm very collaborative in the way that I work with people. And Mm. for me, I find that I get the best out of my team and vice versa when everybody has input Mm. in, in, in what we're doing. So I mean, I think anyone that works with me would, you know, agree that I want to hear what people think about things, even what they think about things that they might perceive as beyond their scope Mm. or, you know, like better said, like something that someone might feel unqualified to form an opinion around. Mm. I still want to hear and I I really listen and and I'll implement ideas if they work and if they make sense. Mm. So for me, it's all like when I first started Future Capital, As a solo founder, Mm -hmm. I was like in the depths of like, you know, I got to figure this out on my own. And the first few months were really difficult for me because I didn't really have that collaboration. And, the you know, the moment I brought one person in part time, it really changed how I just how I felt about Mm -hmm. what we were doing, because um, I just don't believe that I have all the answers. I don't think I have even a majority of them. (laughs) Um, I think you get there by enrolling and nurturing like really fantastic people Mm. who believe in what you believe in and want to do well and and, want to see the best for themselves as well. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe you posted something on LinkedIn or or somewhere Mm -hmm. about that journey at the very beginning of trying Mm -hmm. to uh, you know, build your your start, especially as a, a solo founder, it can be very lonely. And you're there's a lot of uh, talking in your head. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. And there's a lot of like, you know, and especially during COVID, it's even worse. Like, yeah, exactly. there's no one else to talk to. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's you know it's this is the thing it's it's my personality really thrives when I have other people to feed off of. Mm-hmm. That's not the case for everybody. There, there are founders who love to kind of go over there and do their own thing mm-hmm. and manage in a different way and lead in a different way. And I think my, you know, the way I think about leadership is specific to me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my skill sets and, and also the areas that I'm not so strong. So mm-hmm. that's really how I've arrived at where I am as a leader today. Yeah. And and just touching on COVID, uh, you know, we're kind of in a different stage now with uh, mm-hmm. things hopefully moving back in the right direction. I hope, mm-hmm. you know, just I, I'm not going to knock on the table here because they tell me not to do that. But uh, you get the idea. Has creating your company during COVID, you know, with different tools or ways of communicating or working with people, has that changed, you know, your approach to, to leadership or not really? Well, no, I mean, this is the first time I've been in the role of a founder. So I don't have anything to compare it to. But what I can say is, for the better part of the, the past four years, I've worked on remote teams or teams that were mm-hmm. partially remote at, at the very least. So I think that was good preparation for me, like really understanding how to create alignment Mm -hmm. and how to ensure that there's consistent communication and understanding just what you don't get as well. Just like accepting that, you know, that experience of sitting beside someone and saying, Hey, can you look at this for 10 Mm -hmm. seconds? You can't get that virtually. So, so not trying to recreate that. So I think it's been hard doing anything in this pandemic. And I think there have been compounding effects Mm. or moments where there there were 
compounding effects of you know the pandemic and the journey of building mm-hmm. a startup mm-hmm. that that felt like overwhelming for sure mm. but i i think in a lot of ways this environment that we are coming out of i'm just gonna say <laughs> it this environment is a really good one to build a business as long as your business doesn't require shoulder to shoulder mm, activities mm. because you don't have anything else to do and i think for me like honestly like i started the pandemic like at the beginning of the pandemic i i wasn't a founder so i i left my job and decided to start this journey i think about four or five months in mm. to you know lockdown oh, and isolation wow. and, and that was so that was a conscious decision like realizing I'm ready and the world is ready for this company, but there's not been a better time Mm. to build a startup than the Mm -hmm. last two years because what else are you going to (laughs) do? So, so you were that you were a super early adapter of the great resignation. Right. I am, I am not an early nope. adopter for anything. Honestly, I swear to God, I'm, I'm like late to everything, but I think it was more, it felt less, it was less of a quit mm. and more of a, we have been, you know, we have been talking about me going off to do this for a while. And it was just, it was more of a, yeah, it's time. Now's the time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. You're right. And even, you know, here in Nova Scotia, it's been so interesting. In some industries and sectors, companies were really hit hard, especially supply yeah. chain disruptions, things like that. We also have a lot of companies that are in the med tech space, also the spirits and beverage industry, which uh, started making a whole bunch of hand sanitizer. So we were well equipped with uh, formerly vodka, now hand sanitizer companies. And so it's been really interesting to see how different companies and organizations have been able to sort of uh, lead their way out of uh, some of those things and pivot and find different paths. So so it is kind of interesting. And what do you think? I mean, you're uh, a new founder. Um, you're doing something really dynamic and interesting in the space with regard to VC. You know, is there something that you think – that makes you distinct at this moment in terms of your leadership or being a leader? I mean, I'll be very blunt. Um, (laughs) There aren't many queer black men in founder roles. So Mm -hmm. that in and of itself is distinct. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, those are just words. They, they mean a lot, but I think what it, what it actually means for me is I bring a bit of a different lens. I think I also bring a different, kind of energy or you know level of care Mm -hmm. to the way we run our business or Mm -hmm. the way I run the business and the way that I work with our advisors and our team is going to be informed by my own personal experience so Mm -hmm. I think that in and of itself is fairly distinct and special and I think it's exciting in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways but it's also daunting because you don't have many examples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have have, have many. Um, the standard hasn't necessarily been set, and then there's also like additional pressure sometimes mm. being like one of a few yeah. um, to really do it well and to make no mistakes. So mm-hmm. I think that's distinct. I also think you know in the space that we're in. The last time we spoke, we spoke about diversity and inclusion, and we spoke about you know, where the industry's at Mm -hmm. and spoiler alert, it's not a good place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and because there's that kind of 
pre-existing like mindset and there's a lot of norms that are fairly cemented within venture capital. I think I also bring just like honestly a different way of thinking about how this industry can work and that that I think is one of the kind of unique value propositions that we have at Mm. Future Capital is just the access to like a different way of thinking like we can think about it differently because we've had to so yeah yeah well you know I think you raise a, a really good point especially in the space that you're in with uh, venture capital and finance, um, there are not many black queer men in those spaces at mm-hmm. all. And also being a founder like there's a, you have a lot of uh, uh, unique um, situations that don't exist very much. And and just finding your own peer network for all of those different intersectionalities probably feels kind of daunting sometimes. So I I want to commend you for feeling the, the confidence to, to step into that space. And just trying it out because, uh, you know, you were you were saying that uh, that you don't have too many role models or didn't. And I, yeah. as you were talking, I was like, you know, I'm so glad that you're doing this because you are creating that role model for other kids or other young people who share some or similar kind of background to think about, you know, I could do something like this or this could be me or this mm. this could be a space. I mean, maybe it's different, but. Uh, what is, you know, you have to, to see it to be it. Yeah. And I think just showing up and, so, you know, sometimes it's just showing up. Like, <laughs> you just yeah. need people to show up. Well, I have to say, I did not self-select into this role. And I was thrust into it <laughs> by a number of people who saw potential that I actually couldn't see. Mm. And... um I think that actually just reinforces that point that you just made. I think it's not just that, oh, I didn't have examples, but I just really didn't believe mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was up for the task. And, you know, a couple of years later, I, I know that those people were right. But um, the importance of having, you know, like champions and advisors mm-hmm. and people that like really genuinely believe in you is critically important i think Mm. especially for folks those of us who are Mm -hmm. underrepresented like we're kind of trained and and just like visually trained to you know not really think about ourselves in these leadership roles and so it doesn't cross your mind and even when the opportunity is presented and it's right in front of you it's really easy to think about all the reasons that you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I have like a short list of people that, you know, like one day I will thank mm-hmm. very, very mm-hmm. generously because, because, and I've thanked them, you know, along the way, but like, I, I really had to be pushed into the role and, and the push was, Hey, you're the only person that can do this. Mm-hmm. You need to do it now and you're ready and we'll help you. And, and that was just an incredibly profound component of my journey to leadership in the version that I'm leading today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is that it is funny as you were saying that I was just thinking in my own journey because I started yeah. off my career, uh, you know, doing finance, and there were not a lot of role models for me. I, I always felt like totally out of place. I remember being in a bondholders meeting. I'm in New York City. I'm in an investment bank. 
And it's like a mm. room full of dudes with like <laughs> those dark suits. Everybody's mm-hmm. grumpy and they're probably 50, 60 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like me. And there was a woman. <laughs> she was from China originally. And she worked in a bank. And there was another woman. She was from Germany. And, and, she, and we were like, I don't know, we were in like our 20s. And, uh, you know, trying to sit at the table and figure out what's going on and then using the secret language. And mm-hmm. and uh, she just kind of came over to us and gave us like a, a little pep talk. And she told us, you belong here at this table. Mm. And it, it just made such a huge difference. And I, I still remember that, you know, to this day. So and there have been others, a few others along the way. But, you know, when you really feel like, do I belong here? Is this the place yeah. for me? And it just takes one or two people, sometimes just a, a nice comment and, and even better, you know, a supporter or a champion to help you navigate, especially if it's something you don't know how to yeah. do or haven't been there before. So I, I will I will add, like, I think there are people that don't look like me or, or you know, identify in the same way who also experience what we're talking about. And I think... Um, it's just a part of being a leader that you, you know, you, I don't think many people are born thinking I, I'm going to be a CEO. I should be a CEO. <laughs> you know, I think that is not all that common. So I think there's that trajectory exists across the board and, and across like a full spectrum of you know, identities. Awesome. I really appreciate those insights. And, you know, as we, we think about being a leader, everything's changing. How do you, keep up with things like what do you do to to build your leadership capacity is there something that you think about or do i mean first and foremost i have to take care of myself in in every way so not many people know this and i'm gonna i'm making the call to share it but i used to work as a fitness instructor I could tell, Marlon. I don't feel like that's too much of a secret. Okay. <laughs> You're looking pretty buff. Well, so I used to, I used to lead group, group fitness classes, and I really learned a lot about my body in that kind of phase of my career. And I learned about mm. burnout, like clinical burnout, <laughs> um, like clinical exhaustion, mm-hmm. um, and these lessons were hard ones to learn, but. I think just over time, the importance of checking in with my own well-being and, you know, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, Mm. and being honest with myself about where I'm at is really, really, really important. Mm. I think, you know, to be honest, there were periods last year, I think, you know, it's probably hard to work for because Mm. I hit some major burnout after we you know, went out and started to talk to investors uh, about future capital. And mm-hmm. that that's just a whole other beast, fundraising. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, I'm still on the journey of, of learning how to really kind of, you know, nurture my own capacity. But mm-hmm. a big part of it is just making sure that I'm okay and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, another really important part of it for me is I'm like a, just a, an absorber of information. I'm kind of constantly Mm. listening to or reading something so i think Mm -hmm. for me i I love you know learning more of the kind of psychological side of how performance works and Mm -hmm. really understanding like how to get into a flow state when i need to do something really creative or how to you know organize my life in a way that 
allows me to get the right perspective when I need it. I recently heard mm. a really great podcast hosted by Guy Kawasaki, who's, I think, kind of an icon mm. in, in mm-hmm. this venture space, who's the chief evangelist of Canva, which I think is like one of the best products mm-hmm. in the world. And <laughs> and this um, concept in that conversation of white space and you know, literally looking at your calendar and making sure that there's white space on the calendar, but using that as an opportunity to reflect on or prepare for, or just like unplug from the kind of frenetic other parts mm-hmm. of your day. It's, it's stuff like that, like that kind of information and those tools, um, especially the, the more kind of psychological tools are a big part mm-hmm. of my, my own personal development at this stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you about I'm definitely sure that I have stressed my team out <laughs> about certain things. And, you know, I get in these like uh, wheels where we're like, we have to do yeah. all of these things. And and and, and I find it uh, more challenging during our COVID time because there aren't other distractions. And here when the weather is not usually, you know, since in our work from home life, I I would um, I live uh, in a beautiful area near this great park called the Frog Pond. I've never actually seen a frog there, but um, and and if I'm working from home, one of the, the benefits is I can like leave my house and go for a nice walk in the woods and kind of decompress and get away from all mm-hmm. the screens mm-hmm. and come back. It's, it's a little harder to do in the winter, so managing that sort of stress yeah. cycle and getting through that and getting to that white space that you talked about. Uh, and I think I read this somewhere uh, in our culture now, and I do think this is, leads to burnout for students, awesome. for, for well, leaders. With that, thanks. And uh, for exactly. our listeners today, you can also exactly. like and subscribe to our podcast and find us on our website at onsidenow.ca. Thanks. There's no boredom. You can go from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom. Uh, you can be on your yeah. phone all the time. Your constant, so there's like a balance of absorbing content uh, or information in a way that's useful, but it's it's really hard well, to be bored. Well, like, I mean, I'm bored watching Netflix, but even you're, when I'm watching Netflix, you know, I'm like entertained. Doing Your brain's doing something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. um, one of the beauties of being in a group fitness class. One of the mm-hmm. things that I miss so much because I haven't been in one in a very long time is you can't pick up your phone. And so you're in a room for 35 to 60 minutes on average. And Mm. it's extremely meditative. There's like the Mm. kinetic side of like just moving like around other people that produces hormones. But, But just that like the inability to go to your phone, to answer the text, to, you know, look at, you know, your inbox, Mm. I think is it's so so valuable and so i think yeah we're kind of figuring out how to do that as like collectively just everyone is figuring out how to how to do mm-hmm. that now and um when, when we're kind of always inside and our phone's always right over there or our laptop's always right over there right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh man no i hear you i hear you i'm trying to trying to figure yeah. that out for myself but um it the is struggle real. is real no, it's so real <laughs> it's like, the, you know our phones are so good at keeping us on them they're so good <laughs> they're, so, they're so addictive right so mm-hmm. um I, yeah mm-hmm. i find like getting out of your 
wherever you live is even if it is colder i mean i'm in vancouver it's raining half of the mm-hmm. time um bundling mm-hmm. up or like you know putting on a, a shell and just you know getting on your feet i think that does really really make a difference yeah well it's funny my my husband got me a, a watch recently like a like a normal watch like not a smart watch because i had one of those he got me just a, <laughs> a regular, regular watch, watch. And I was like, oh, wow, like there's no nothing's beeping or blurting or like and then I was just sitting there one day and I was like, what's that sound? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's just like the tick, tick, tick of a clock. Like it's n- Nothing's there's nothing else. That's it. You know? <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, all right. So I have uh, maybe one more quick question for you. I well, actually, I don't know if it's quick, but um, uh, something I'm curious about is through this period, and I, I think we've kind of touched on it a bit, but I'm, I'm wondering if you've encapsulated sort of your leadership philosophy. I think at the beginning of the session we have right now that you mentioned that you've kind of like developed that. Is there something you might want to tell us about, about so my, that? My philosophy of leadership? Yeah. I think it's taken some time for me to really kind of gain clarity on what I believe around leadership. And and I think where we started in the conversation I mentioned that it's personalized. And I think it's just an important caveat. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's a one size fits all in terms of like what makes a good leader. It's actually part of the work that we're doing at Future Capital is like redefining that. (laughs) Um, So Mm -hmm. for me, collaboration is the best way to get a result because I think Mm -hmm. my skills that I bring to a team as a leader are varied, but my ideas are limited. I'm just one person with like Mm -hmm. one set of experiences that can see things from one perspective. And so if Mm -hmm. it's my way or the highway, we're just going to lose so many different like options Mm -hmm. and ideas and like opportunities to create something that really resonates with you know as many people as possible so my philosophy is Mm -hmm. really centered around collaboration and I think that it's been a journey for me to actually like own that and feel empowered in being a collaborative leader because growing up in a more corporate environment professionally there is a belief that there's this top-down approach and the people at the top get to make the decision and they have all the right information and you just, you know, kind of like tow the company line like that, I think is a Mm. more traditional way of running a business. And fortunately, Mm. I I don't think it's necessarily the dominant way anymore, but traditionally that's kind of how you would think of it. And I think it took a long time for me to just own the fact that, you know, I might have the most experience on the team or, you know, I I definitely have the most decision-making power. That's just the role that I'm in, but it's okay. And actually it enables everybody on the team for me to say, I don't know, you know, I don't actually know the answer here. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And those conversations Mm -hmm. are so commonplace (laughs) within, within our Mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. It's it's just the way we solve problems is like asking one another and getting input. And, and I think that to me is, uh, yeah, it's just been the key to success. Uh, The other thing I'll add there too, is, you know, as, as a founder, that kind of collaboration goes in a few different directions. It's not just with my team and the people that Mm -hmm. report into me, but it's also with my advisors. It's with my investors. It's with clients and client Mm -hmm. partners. And, and that, again, like that took Mm -hmm. a long time to get to 
because it's it's admitting mm-hmm. sometimes that you don't actually know <laughs> and that doesn't mm-hmm. feel safe that feels really risky sometimes especially especially mm-hmm. if you're like new to a role of of leadership so I think, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I've landed with it is, you know, I, I really just like to work alongside folks and, and not in front of them or, you know, like above them. I, I really like to work in partnership with literally everybody that I do work with. Oh, that's 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 wonderful. And I and I have to say we appreciate uh, collaborating with you. And I I hope I hope that we'll be able to uh, do much more in the, the future. I think we're we're all we're all trying to, you know, make the world mm-hmm. a, a better place. You know, one one step, one yeah. step at a time, one step at a time. So I think that's it for us today. I really appreciate your insights on leadership on your thoughtfulness around all of the information and your perspective that you shared today. I, I know that our listeners will will walk away with some some really great and thoughtful moments. I'm really, really thankful for that. For our guests that are out there that want to learn a little bit more about Future Capital, what's the best way to learn about Future Capital or connect yeah, to you? Yeah, check out our website, um, myfuturecapital.com. Uh, we we love to talk on LinkedIn. Um, we're we're always talking mm. there and and sharing information and insights and resources. So find us on LinkedIn at Future Capital. Um, and yeah, we, we send out a monthly newsletter called the field guide, which I just shamelessly promote. Cause I think it's really like cool and <laughs> valuable. And like, we, we try to offer up like mm-hmm. useful information once a month. Um, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, at Marlon Thompson and yeah, this has been really fun. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me, Alex. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. Uh, so I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners for for tuning in. Uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast. You can also find Onside on LinkedIn as well. And uh, check out our website, which is onsitenow.ca. We would like to thank Communities, Culture and Heritage for your support. We're so grateful for your support and helping us make this podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. This has been a Podstarter production. production.